Father in heaven, we just want to thank you, Lord, for one more day in the land of the living. Truly, Lord, these are perilous times, fierce times, times of incredible stress, days that you've, that we as your church have been warned, even from the beginning of time. Lord, this morning, therefore, we come to your throne of grace. Not by the works that we have done. It's only by grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Even the lawgiver was trembling at the very presence of the lawgiver, of the God who gave the law. I pray, Lord Jesus, Moses when he was trembling, Lord, but Lord, we in, in your new covenant, in the new covenant, O oh Lord, have been given this incredible privilege to come boldly and confidently to the throne room of grace, not because of anything that we have done, O oh Lord, it's because of the body that was rent for us and the blood that was shed for us through that new and a living way so that we could obtain mercy and grace for the time of need. And Lord, we are living in a time of incredible need. Father, I pray, Lord, as your church will be prepared, O oh Lord, that we will not take these days for granted. Keep us, O oh Lord, in that straight and narrow path. Lead us in the way of everlasting life. Teach us your ways. Show us your paths. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. Anoint us this morning to understand and to know your heart. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We can turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9 is what we've looked at. But beloved, we are confident of better things <clears throat> concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Things that accompany salvation. There are several things that accompany salvation. We looked at one of the things that we looked at, at least on Sunday, we looked at the fact that we've been elected. We've not been selected, we've been elected by God. We were elected according to the foreknowledge of God. We've been predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. So God elected us. He chose us in Him. And uh, we looked at several examples. Even Israel um, was chosen by God, elected by God. It was not selected, it was elected. And that is the reason why Moses makes an emphatic statement. If you turn with me to Psalms 90 and verse 1 and 2. Psalms 90, verse 1 and 2. This is what he has to say. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. It is you who has been our dwelling place. Meaning, and he says, before the mountains were brought forth. When? Even before the mountains were brought forth over, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You see that? So he says, and he says, Moses says, you chose us, Lord, to be in you. Okay, and then verse 12, if you turn there, verse 12, 
So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. And literally, every day now, yeah. So it says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Okay. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of, heart of wisdom. So we're looking at things that accompany salvation and honestly, every day is a gift now for all, for all of us actually. Okay, if it's not for the goodness of God, anything could have happened. Yeah. We never take these days lightly because I know even in my own family, close family, um, people were affected, infected, but God's grace, um, one of my aunts, she's recovering and some of them succumbed. So, uh, we're living in some, such incredible times. You know? So we have to really, really be taught to number our days and we have to ask God for a heart of wisdom. You see, true wisdom is a wisdom that leads to salvation. That is the reason why Paul tells Timothy from the from childhood you knew the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. So true wisdom is wisdom which leads you to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Right? So this is very important. The things that accompany salvation is what we've been looking at. Yeah? And one of the things that we need to understand that, that the moment we are born again, what is the most important, uh, thing, better things that accompany salvation. We've been looking yesterday, especially if you were there yesterday uh, for the teaching, you've heard yesterday's teaching. Uh, we looked at uh, uh, Gideon desiring to know the will of God. Okay, We looked at from Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, Do not be unwise, but be wise. Walk circumspectly, understanding what the will of the Lord is. It's very important. Okay, and he says, redeeming the time, knowing that the days are evil, evil. So 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So need to, need to understand. This is not, uh, something which is choice. Choice may we can, uh, in, in, in examination, uh, there are compulsory questions or choice questions. These are not choice questions. This is important. And one of the things that accompany accompany salvation, let me tell you something. If you turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. Let's read that. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. No, stop there. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So that means the way to enter into heaven is by doing the will of God. Everybody's shocked. No, I thought uh, we don't enter into heaven by our works. We sang only by grace, etc. Yes, that's true. But if you are truly, truly, truly born again, the one of the things that you will really, really understand is the will of God and you will do it. Because you will understand that is the way into the kingdom of heaven. Look at this next verse, verse 22. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, Lord. It's not just Lord. It is Lord. It's an emphatic statement. Have you not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? And done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice 
lawlessness. You see, um, remember in 1 John chapter 3, it says, he who practices righteousness is righteous, and he who practices lawlessness is lawless. And who's the, who's the lawless one? The one who's of the devil, like Cain. And if you are born of God, there will be a lifestyle of practicing righteousness, and therefore through practicing righteousness, you will understand the will of God, and therefore doing the will of God, you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so understand this is not easy. Meaning, uh, this is not, this is one of the things that accompanies salvation. What? Understanding the will of God and doing it. The only way to enter into the, into heaven therefore is to do the will of God or do the will of the Father who is in heaven. But understand this. Only those people who are born again will have the power to do the will of God. See, because unless you are born again, you cannot see. Unless you are born from by the water and the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So only those people, so therefore doing the, the, the Gentiles, they don't know anything. Okay, But if you are truly born again, one of the things that you will understand is, you will truly understand what the will of God for your life is. And you will seek to know the will of God for your life and you will seek to do it. And thereby you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why? Why? Because even the born again experience is not by your own will. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 10 to 13. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 10 to 13. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Okay, let us forgive the world. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. And verse 12 though, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the exosia or the authority to become the children of God to those who believe in his name and then who were born not of blood, nor of the will of man, but by the... Oh, so you have been born again by the will of God to do your own will? No, 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 no. To do his will. So, so understand this is the very fact that we have been born by the will of God and might not by our own will that we have been born from above. It was not by works. Let, lest any man should boast. It was not by yourself. God was the one who caused you to be. That's what, that's the reason why first Peter chapter one will say, God according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again unto a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead <coughs> to an inheritance incorruptible, etc. Yeah. So, the, we have been born by the will of God, right? Understand? You, did, did you know that? And when did that happen? When did that happen? When we were, when were we born by the will of God? If you turn with me to James chapter 1 verse 18, notice all some very important salient words. Okay. James chapter 1 verse 18, what does it say? Of his own will. Again, you see that? We've been born by his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. That is the reason why he tells Nicodemus, the wind passes, blows where it wishes, and you cannot see it, only you listen to the sound of it, right? And so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. That means you've been absolutely born, the will of God was absolutely involved in your being brought forth into the kingdom of God. Okay, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And then no, go, go on. Well, let's read a few verses. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Verse 21 to 22. 
Therefore, lay aside 21. That's enough. Just read verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to what? Save your souls. So just the, just the way that you were born again by the will of God that you might be like, like the first fruits. Who's the first fruit? Jesus. He was brought forth. And what did Jesus do? The will of God. And then if we we are like the first fruits, what do we do? The will of God. Therefore, one of the things that accompanies salvation, accompanies salvation, is that we will choose to know the will of God and do the will of God. Understand? Otherwise, we will be deceiving ourselves. The perfect deception is, uh, we are born again to do our own will. Impossible. Okay. True freedom is when we are a slave of Jesus Christ. That's remarkable. How can a free man be a slave? (laughs) That is how truly you are free. When a man is genuinely free, when he is a slave of Jesus Christ. Let me show you, for you you to understand these concepts, okay? These very important concepts. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6, no? Yes, you're right. Thank you so much. You've looked at it several times. Verse 17, actually. Verse 17. Do you not? 17, yeah. Let's read from 7. But God be thanked that though you were once slaves of sin, you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. You see, this is a very powerful word. What is delivered means you were thrown. You delivered yourself to the doctrine. Okay, and then verse 18, having been set free from sin, being a slave from sin, what did you become? You became a slave of righteousness. You see that? So, genuine freedom. Genuine freedom is to do the will of God. That is the reason why we we have this famous saying, even even in the world, uh, self-discipline is a free man's yoke. Even a free man has a yoke that he has to carry. Okay, that is the reason why Jesus says, come to me all those who you labor, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, I am meek and lowly, and you will find rest. You will find rest. You will continue to find rest. How, when, do, when will you find rest? Only when you know the will of God and you do the will of God. Okay, so first thing, therefore, one of the things that you need to understand is things that accompany salvation is now I'm interested in not doing my own will, but to do the will of God. Therefore, who can do the will of God? Only those people who are born by the will of God. Those people who are truly born again. I'll show you two verses. 1 John chapter 2 verse 17. 1 John chapter 2 verse 17. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Okay, understand this? Okay, now let First Peter chapter 1 verse 23 to 25. This is teaching. So look at this. Please keep these two verses in mind. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but by incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. See that, see that, see that. He who does the will of God abides forever. And who are those people who are who do the will of God? Those people who are born by the incorruptible seed will do the will of God and therefore they will live and abide forever. So have this thing in your mind. One thing that you have to say, if I am born again, my my aim in life is to do 
the will of God. So that's the reason why Paul of Saul of Tarsus, the, the radical conversion of Saul of, Saul of Tarsus, Lord, what you want me to do? Okay, so first thing, the only way into heaven is to do the will of God. Second, the only way to have communion with Christ is to the will of God. <laughs> if you would really, really want to have genuine fellowship and communion with Christ, you have to do the will of God. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 verses 46 to 50. Matthew chapter 12 verses 46 to 50. While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold his mother, that is uh, earthly mother, biological mother, and brothers, okay, earthly brothers, stood outside seeking to speak with him, but they, they were, they wanted to speak to him, persuading him to leave this madness and follow them. Basically, that was their idea. Okay, they called him mad. They said he was out of his mind. Okay, just like uh, Felix says, no, Felix or Agrippa say, much, much, yeah, Felix says, much, much learning has made you mad, Paul. Okay, he says, he says, his mother and brothers stood outside seeking to speak. Then one said, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. And then look at what Jesus answers. But he answered and said to the one who told him, who is my brother? Who is my mother? And he stretched out his hand towards his. Ah, see, after you are born again, one of the things that if you want to know the will of God, you have to become his disciple and he says here are my mother and my brothers that means what is what is that what does it mean we, we are a family we are having communion we have fellowship with each other because now we are born of the same father i go to my father and to your father and look at verse 15 verse 15 for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother therefore to do the to if you want to find a passageway to heaven you should to the will of God. Second will, if you really genuinely want to have fellowship with one, with, with Jesus Christ, you will, you should be a person who's doing the will of God. That's the only way of having fellowship with Jesus. If you turn with me to 1 John chapter 1. Let's read from the first four verses. It's powerful verses. That which was from the beginning, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. And look at what it says. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the father and was manifested to us. And that which we have seen and heard declare to you that you also may have what? Fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with the son. The whole idea of the apostolic teaching is what? That we may have fellowship with Jesus. We may have communion with Jesus. And how do we have communion with Jesus? We know the will of God and we do the will of God. So it's, how do we know the will of God? To be By being disciples and to become a disciple, you have to pay a cost. You have to pay a price. Okay. If you love your life, you will lose it. Okay. If you put your hand on the plow and you turn back, you are not fit to be my disciple. See, discipleship is this. Therefore, it involves a cost. What is the cost? To deny yourself, to pick up your cross, ah, daily. Yes, thank you, daily. So if you want really, see a lot of people say, you know what? I want to enjoy fellowship with Jesus. I want to have a communion. 
the whole purpose, the whole way, the, the way to enjoy communion with Jesus Christ is to do the will of God. Understand? Luke's chapter 13, Luke's gospel chapter 13, verse 23. Luke's gospel chapter 13, verse 23. Then one of them said, Lord, are there few who will be saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow way. Narrow gate. The word is, you know very well. What is the word? Agonize. Agonize. You know, uh, the word for agonize is very interesting. You know, uh, when do you, uh, when this particular word is used in the, in the Old Testament, in the Greek part, the Septuagint, it's used in uh, Daniel chapter 6. Now what is, in Daniel chapter 6, what has happened? Um, there's a decree to put the people in the den of the lions, those who pray to any other god except the king. Okay, remember that. So, uh, Daniel opens the windows towards Jerusalem and he prays, lock, stock and barrel. Uh, he, he cares two hoots to the decree of the king. And uh, they put him in prison. They, they throw him into the, into the lion's den. Now, who's comfortable? Daniel. Who's agonizing? King. That is the word. The word for agonize is used with the king. He's agonizing. He's not able to sleep. You see... That is what, that's the word agonize. You are not able to sleep until you find the will of God and do it. I want to know the will of God. I want to find the will of God. Uh, let me show you a quotation which I wrote down this morning by Andrew Murray. If you've heard him. Uh, just a minute please. I'll, I'll tell you the exact words. Oh, I think I lost it. Yeah. Andrew Murray's statement. Okay, pay attention. This is very interesting. Okay, it says, The will of a man is the power by which he determines his actions. The will of a man is the power by which he determines his actions and decides what he is to do or not to do. So, the will of man is essentially a power. That's the reason why we call it willpower. Remember? It is willpower. But willpower doesn't save us. Okay? It is manifested. In, in it is manifested his inward being. Proving what his desires and dispositions are. Foolish or wise. Good or evil. The will is a revelation of the character and life of the man. What a man truly wills. He will infallibly seek to have done. Either by himself or by others. Whatever you will, you either will seek to do it yourself or by others. No, you think about this, no? I want to buy something and have determined to buy it. By hook or crook, you will get it done. You know, even if you don't have money, if you have determined to get it, you know, we have a saying in, uh, say in for, formula in English, B square SHY. B square SHY, beg, borrow, steal, hang yourself. You will get it done. Okay, you will get it done. Okay, because this, you are absolutely, I have to get it. This is what I want. This is what I desire. And no matter what, it's done. It's a done deal. Okay. So that is, that is the will of man. It's the, it reveals the character of man. It's the dispositions of the, uh, of, of the, of the character of man. So what was the will of David? That he should find a resting place for the tabernacle of God. And by hook or crook, he has to 
ensure that it is going to reach uh, Jerusalem and find a resting place for it. But he knows, you know, he's 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 um, he's uh, messing it up, and he's wondering after the case with what what happens with uh, Uzziah. He's wondering what to do, what to do, what to do, and then he says the out the uh, the household of Obedidam is being uh, is being uh, prosperous, and he's getting so upset now. He says we have to get the get the ark, and then he goes, he reads what has to be done, and slowly he he is determined. See. It's very important. This, this, that is the reason why if any man wills to do his will, he will know. So, will of God, therefore you you have to strive, you have to agonize. Let's go back. Verse 25 of Luke's Gospel chapter 13. When once the master of the house, hmm, verse 25, yeah? When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. Not just once, uh, Lord, but Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you, where you are from. And then you say, then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught us in our streets. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from you. From me, all you workers of iniquity. Therefore, one of the things that you need to understand, it is a striving. Okay, what should we strive against? We'll come to that later on. But we need to understand, to even after we are born again, you need to understand this is very important, is to we that we strive. It is not a straightforward thing because something keeps on obstructing us. Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 46 <clears throat> onwards. Okay. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? You see that? And then, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them. You see? Who, uh, who, who, and who will have genuine fellowship with Jesus Christ? Those who hear his words and do them. Okay? Third thing, the will of God has to be sought. First thing, the will of God is the way you enter into heaven. Second thing, the will of God is the way you have fellowship with Christ. Third thing, the will of God has to be sought. Something which we have to seek. Okay. John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 30. John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 30. <clears throat> John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 30. Look at what it says. I can of myself do nothing. This is Jesus. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not Seek my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. Okay. Now, let me tell you something. This is so important. If you are an employee of a company, and they send you to some uh, some uh, business to to finish a business deal, what do you represent? You represent the best interest of your company, not your own interests. Okay. What is in the best interest of the company? Okay. Turn with me to uh, Proverbs chapter 10. I'll show you a very interesting proverb. Proverbs chapter 10. Verse 26. Like as vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the lazy man to those who send him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> vinegar to the teeth, smoke to the eyes, so is the lazy man to those who send him. If you are sent by the father, what is the purpose? To find his will and to do his will. He says, I did not come to seek my own will, but to the, the, the will of him who sent me. So important. Okay. So, 
how do how do we seek therefore his own will uh, uh, his will first thing it says seek ye first the kingdom of god that means there has to be a priority okay first in my life is god okay to know his will is my priority that's pri- you have to prioritize that see this is this is uh, uh, what these are simple truths but one of the things that many christians do is complicate simple things okay they think that more complicated the thing is the greater spiritual you are the more spiritual you are this <laughs> this spirituality and complications don't go together they are very straight simple things you have to seek it and how do you seek it morning by morning you have to awake it's every day The kingdom of God has to become top priority. There is no other seeking that is more important to me than to seek the kingdom of God. That is the reason why this pandemic no, puts everything in perspective. Especially if you are the children of God. <laughs> Think about it, no? Did I finish the work of God? Did I finish the work of God? You know, one man of God was telling, no? If you have close shaves with death, God is sending you missed calls. <laughs> <laughs> close shave with that means missed call baba time is very short eternity is too long life is too short did you finish your work finish 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 and come off okay so <laughs> think, i mean I, when, when i heard that i was really really stunned i said we yeah, are truly you know if, because remember remember he was building barns and barns and barns and he says eat my soul Eat, drink and do merry because you have laid up treasures for a long time. And the call came. <laughs> what did the call come? Baba, today they have asked for you. Their call has come. What will happen to those things now? See, why? That is the reason why he says, so, is, so are those people who are not rich towards God. What, that, what does that mean? That is, the kingdom of God was not at all in their priority list at all. Okay. For flattest reason, right from childhood, we teach children, get up in the morning, do your devotions, and then start your work. Okay. The kingdom of God has to become top priority in, in our time, the way we spend our time, the way we spend our resources, the way we spend our money, the money, the money. You know, people just indiscriminate. Even our giving is sometimes indiscriminate. Okay. You know what God says? You have to be generous, especially to the household of faith. Okay. So be very wise where you are putting your money. Okay. It's let it let it go towards the household of faith. And in scripture also says that you have to treat those who uh, bring the word with double honor. Very careful. As to where your investment goes. The people in the world, that's, that's the reason why it says in Luke's Gospel 16, the children of the world are wiser than the children of the kingdom. They're wise. So, what, is, what should be your priority? Your priority is to use unrighteous mammon. It says, you have to use unrighteous mammon to make friends who will receive you into the everlasting dwelling place. Remember, you will have a rich welcome. It says in first, first, Second Peter chapter one. How will you have a rich welcome? 
you have invested all the resources that god has given you into the kingdom of god and that that those resources have been crucial have been have been uh, have been instrumental into be, for for bringing many souls into the kingdom of god and when you enter into heaven all those souls whom you brought into the kingdom of god you know what they will say vijay thank you so much vijay it is because of you i'm here so is with everyone else that is the reason why those who turn many people to righteousness will shine like stars so that is priority kingdom of god is priority i remember when we were go, when we were uh, abigail was 2 or 3 years old 2 years old yeah 2 3 years old just the time emmanuel was born you know for us is no tuesday meeting wednesday meeting thursday meeting friday almost meeting worship practice saturday meeting sunday meeting so every time i just and myself abigail used to get down the steps of our apartment our landlord used to say where are you going abigail bible study next day where are you going worship practice next day where are you going church that guy used to say every day i'm going to church every day <laughs> priority Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They will be satisfied. Not my will. We have to seek therefore. We have to seek the will of God. How do we seek the will of God? Uh, we'll come to that. Very good. The more I do the will of God, the more I will know the will of God. Knowing is seeking. I'll tell you something. I mean, so doing is seeking. So how does it happen? First, God will reveal little, little things to you. little one day at a time see the will of god is progressive okay it doesn't god doesn't say vijay hmm, this is what is going to happen to you after two after 20 years and i will say i'll run for my life i'll say no 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 i don't want this i did not sign up for this but you know what slowly it unpacks you know i i, I uh, there's a verse in the bible it says no uh, the entrance of your word brings light okay esv uses a very interesting translation it says the unfolding of your word the unfolding of your word brings light okay unfolding of your word as sunakrishnan gives a very interesting uh, example he says you go to chandana brothers okay you buy on sari so how do how do they sell you the sari first they will unfold the sari towards you okay okay and then they will show you the border and the jerry and the silk and everything and they'll say and they will give you some chai also okay nicely they will put a hand in your pocket and uh, and that is how they unfold the will of god unfold the the cloth and show you the entire so that's exactly how the will of god is also slowly god unfolds one step at a time one step at a time one step at a time jesus knew that one day he has to die but the process was unfolded to him one day at a time one step at a time it's not at once you will know it's progressive understand that morning by morning you wake up right so for for children what is the will of god for you obey your parents in the lord honor your father and mother simple children or just small small children are there what is your, what is the will of god for you just like jesus no it says about jesus jesus went down to nazareth and what did he do he submitted himself to them and jesus grew in stature and in wisdom finding favor with god and with man every youth meeting i go no they are all wanting to know the will of god i said simple do you honor your father and mother 90% of you are rebels okay. 
<laughs> look at the passage 90% 90 if not 90 if not 99.9 at least 90% of you are rebels and they will look at my face and they do they know that they are rebels they have no answer no 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 we honor my father and mother they don't say they, they will not say but they will give you excuses no, you don't know my father you don't know my father that that is not that never never jesus asked who is your father and who is your mother no uh, do you honor your father and mother or not period rebel with or without a cause okay so that is a simple it's unfolding okay so john's gospel chapter 7 verse 17 will say one of our favorite verses no what what does it say for those who do, who don't know this verse if anyone wills to do his will he shall know so will you know more if you do so this is the catch 22 how do you know how do you do first by knowing little and god unfolds little by little by little that's exactly what happened to daniel also daniel purposed in his heart not to defile and slowly god gave him wisdom god gave him favor god gave him more understanding of all the literature of the chaldeans and god gave him even a special gift called what interpretation of the dreams and all started with one sentence in daniel's heart daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself okay therefore know the will of god plans only for one day not for tomorrow today let me do the will of god today okay what will i do tomorrow god today to iraju <laughs> no for we know the very famous what a favorite uh, passages of pastor james no matthew chapter 1 verses 34 onwards matthew chapter sorry mark chapter 1 mark chapter 1 verses 34 onwards hmm? look at what it says Mark chapter. Then he healed many who were sick and with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. And verse thirty-five. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out, departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And then he came out, and Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they said, "What? What did they say?" When they found him, they said, "Everyone is looking for you." But look at what Jesus answered. Jesus answered. But he said. but he said to them let us go to the next towns that i may preach there because for this purpose i have come so every day it's a daily it's an unfolding of the wisdom of uh, the will of god slowly step by step one day at a time got that everybody therefore it says in john's gospel sorry james chapter 4 james chapter 4 verse 13 James chapter 4 was 13 onwards come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city spend a year buy and sell and make a profit everybody says whereas you do not know what will happen to you tomorrow for what is your life you know i remember um, in the auschwitz death camp there was a, there was a family okay father mother two brothers and one small brother younger brother every day is to come together hold hands and is to pray and is to thank god for one more day every day okay and the next day again and one day the youngest fellow is missing you know what they do in death camps right whoever is not well whoever is not uh, healthy they send them into the gas chamber and finish, finish him off and one day the young brother younger brother was not there mother is also not there 
and the father is uh, the other brothers asked the father what happened what happened to little john and 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 mother he couldn't make it today they sent him to the death camp so what did mother do she went along with the brother into the gas chamber i remember coriten boom she you know you should read the uh, hiding place uh, by hiding place what is a book by huh hiding place the hiding place by coriten boom no she says no when when she was in the prison camp they used to long to take a shower they were not given the opportunity to bathe for almost a months months together and one day if they are given an opportunity to bathe that's a that's a luxury so one day what happened they were all sent to as a group to have a shower so they all went so they opened the taps and the water was coming and they were taking a shower and the guy who was outside was standing was standing there outside said you know what this is the pipes through which the poisonous gas comes to kill you all but today you are lucky you can take a shower you see when i was thinking about that are we not literally living like that in these in these days every day is a gift you know one one of the one of the habits in our family is to hold hands in the in the end of the end of the day and to and to pray and yesterday when i was holding the hands with uh, with jasant and uh, and the children you know this thing came to my mind and we were we were praying that picture no ashwats came to my mind and said boy one day again god gave, gave us we are literally living in these times and my landlords downstairs everybody is scared fearful they are asking us to maintain social distancing even in our homes now everybody has at least one member in the family who has been affected okay it's grim times the other day my father called me and he said many of his colleagues very close friends all were many of them were infected few of them succumbed zone colleague contemporaries and it it doesn't matter which uh, religion you belong to one was majid muslim the other was sitarma shastri colleagues see one day one more day in the land of the living so what is it what is the priority for us i mean now it doesn't matter with what which age group you belong to young people are dying one of my close family not close my first cousins first cousin so pastor 32 year old pastor walking to the bathroom to for the to the restroom and even while he was walking he collapsed and he died that's it. gone 32 years 33 years so we we are living in unprecedented times so every day is an opportunity to know the will of god for that day and do it so he says for what is your life it is even a what a vapor have you seen vapor coffee every day in the morning when you see coffee coming from your coffee cup understand that is your life you see it for a while and after that it is gone okay it appears for a little time and it vanishes So what should you do? Verse fifteen. Instead, you ought to say, "If the Lord wills." That means what? What is more important for all of us to know the will of God for which day? For that day? For today? That is the reason why we yesterday we heard sufficient are the worries for that day. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. 
So it's it's a progressive thing. So every day, Lord, what is the will of God for me? See, this is not there's no plan B. There's only one plan A. Plan A to heaven is to do the will of God. Plan B is hell. This is binary. <laughs> Either one or zero. <laughs> there is no grey areas. Therefore, what should we, our prayer be? Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. Look at how this, one of the most beautiful verses. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This is it. We have to be filled with the knowledge of His will and in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. In spiritual wisdom and understanding. This is important. And therefore, Paul had one guy called Ephaphratas. And what was his, what was his entire purpose? Colossians chapter 4. Verse 12 onwards. Look at Ephaphrathas. Colossians chapter 4, okay? <clears throat> Verse 12. Ephaphrathas, he who is one of you, a bond servant of Christ, greets you, always laboring. The word again for laboring is agonizing, okay? Always agonizing fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in what? In all the will of God. In all the will of God. Just not a little of the will of God. In all the will of God. Or rather the perfect will of God. So it is, it is progressive. We need to know the will of God. And if your children over here are simple, one of, the, one of the wills will of God for you is to work hard and study. There's no, nothing else for you to do. Okay. And what do you not do? <laughs> work hard and study. <laughs> See? Valuing your uh, your parents' money and time and resources that you have invested into your life. Valuing that. It's very simple. Don't make it complicated, okay? Then, that is the reason why it says in Acts chapter 13, what, what, what does it say about David? Acts chapter 13, verse 22. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. And when he had removed him, who is this? Saul. Why did, why did he remove Saul? We will know very soon, okay? And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, what is that testimony? I have found David, the man of, oh, sorry, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. And what did they for this prayer? That you should know all God's will. And who is the man who is genuinely after man God's own heart? A man who will do all his will. You see that? A man after God's own heart. Thank you, Jesus. That is not a title. <laughs> what does it mean? That you will do all God's will for his for your life. That is all your all the will. I mean, there's a specific will, there's a general will. So what is this general, what is the general will of God? One of the general wills of God for all of us is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 onwards. Okay. For this is the will of God. For this is, you cannot find a more emphatic categorical statement than any other, uh, than in uh, this, than uh, in this place in the Bible. This is the will of God, your sanctification. Okay. And then he says, this is the will of God, your sanctification. And in that, there are several sub, sub, subsections. That you should abstain from sexual immorality. One thing. 
Second, that you should know how to possess your own vessel in sanctification and honor. So I, I, I tell people, no, there are two kinds of terrible sins. One is a sin of the of of the spirit. The other is a sin of the flesh. According to me, I could be wrong, but this is what I my understanding of the Bible is. One sin of the spirit, and the second is a sin of the flesh. The, what is a sin of the spirit which is de- dangerous and deadly? Is what pride. Everybody should know that. Okay, okay, okay. So there are three ways to God. Humility, humility, and humility. That's what Zachman will say. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the dangerous spiritual sin is. Pride. And then of course the second close cousin is unbelief. Pride, unbelief and the rest. Okay. Arrogance, rebellion, etc. These are all sins of the spirit. Now the sin of the flesh which is the worst according to me is sexual immorality. Because he says, you know what? Any other sin that you commit, you commit outside the body. But the one who commits sexual immorality commits it against his own body. And don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And you've been bought with a price. And that you should glorify God in your body. And therefore he said, body for the Lord. Lord for the body. Food for the belly. And belly for the food. But God will destroy both. In the end. And that is the reason why he says, if you look, if you look at Proverbs, none who take those paths return, it says in Proverbs chapter 6. They will never come back. And even if they come back, they, they will have a scar in their soul, which is never going to be repaired again. So possess your bodies. Young people especially. All these scars don't carry in your mind. So you should know, what is the will of God? This is the will of God. It is sanctification. To be set apart for God is the will of God. God said, he chose some to be vessels of honor and some to be vessels of dishonor. If you are a vessel of honor, what will you do? Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 22. Yeah. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, Faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. Verse 20. <clears throat> but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. So what should you do? Verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself of the later, what is whatever is dishonorable, if you cleanse yourself, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. What is that? What is a good work? I don't know. But I have to be prepared. <laughs> you understand? That is what sanctification means. And how do we get sanctified? Two things. By the blood and by the word sanctify them by the truth your word is true john 17 17 there's a whole purpose of sanctification is to set you apart for god more and more and more and more and it's the most important thing that has to be set apart in your life for god is what what is the first thing that is called holy in the bible the lord blessed the sabbath and called it Holy. It is what? Time. Time. Okay. Holy. Set apart for God. So he said, go, go back there. Go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That you should abstain. Abstain. That means abstain means to say what? 
no ah no 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 you should, one of the things that you have to learn to know, learn to say is no okay what did what did what but joseph but joseph refused <laughs> that is the epitaph on joseph's tomb according to me but joseph refused he said no for this is the will of god your sanctification that you should abstain from sexual. second thing that you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor how not in passion of lust like the gentiles who do not know god that means if you really really know god one of the things that you know that you do is the word is lust is very interesting the word for lust is what this passion of lust, desires which have gone crazy Yeah. Desires which have gone crazy. They've just gone out of out of control. I'm telling, I'm telling you something, no? Tomorrow you are going to die. The entire city is going to be burnt with fire. Brimstone is coming from God from heaven. So what are you interested in right now? Who, who are those people? Solomon Gomorrah. What are they doing? They're, they're just, they're like, they're like blind people. They want to indulge in the last pleasure before they die. We don't care what is coming. They've been given over to a debased mind. That is the reason why it says in the last days who will come? Lovers of pleasure than the lovers of God. We are all people who are who seek pleasure, but our pleasure is something else. We, at His right hand is what pleasures forevermore. Our pleasure is to do the will of God. Okay, passing pleasures of sin, we will say no to. Said so, and goes on, not in passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. Verse six, that no one should take advantage of and de- defraud his brother. All this is a part of sanctification. Do you see that? In this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified for God did not call us to uncleanness, but to what? Holiness. Okay, so therefore he says in First Peter chapter 1, Be holy as your Father in heaven is holy. For God did not call to uncleanness, but for holiness. Verse, let's look at Psalms 4 please. Psalms 4, verses 1 onwards. Powerful verses, Psalms 4. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Look at that. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear, hear my prayer. How long you, O sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long you will love worthlessness and seek falsehood? Selah. Verse 3. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. He has set me apart. Whoever is godly has been set apart for God. Has set apart for himself. He was godly. And therefore, all those who live godly lives in Christ Jesus, what will happen to them? They will suffer persecution. It is a part of your scientification process. What should you do? Submit to it. Surrender yourself to it. So knowing the will of God, doing all the will, how do you know it? First of all, you should be prepared. You're, you should be a prepared vessel to know what the specific will of God is for your life. For you know, for you to know the specific will of God for your life, what should you do? You should set apart yourself and say, Lord, I'm here. You know, what, what does Samuel say? Lord, speak, Lord. Your servant is hearing. Here I am. Speak, Lord. Your servant is hearing. It's a spiritual disposition, my dear brothers. <coughs> and it takes quite a bit of time for God to bring us to the point where you say, Lord, here I am. <laughs> 
everything in our life he will <laughs> shatter and then he will bring us to the point he says okay now okay now you are ready here i am <coughs> john's gospel chapter 4 next one you have to seek the will of god fifth one it is those people who know the will of god and do the will of god get what spiritual strength you want to be strong in your spirit you should do the will of god look at look at what it says in john's gospel chapter 4 verse 31 <clears throat> in the meantime his disciples urged him saying rabbi eat and he said to them i have food to eat of which you do not know let me tell you this doesn't happen in one day is a lifestyle that he has practiced we call it a lifestyle of fasting okay all those people who are between the age groups of 18 and 25 raise your hands maha 18 you're not 18 beta you're still not 18 okay <laughs> 18 and 25 you can start now start start a lifestyle of fasting abstaining at least whenever there's a um, opportunities in the church to what is the iniquity of sodom according to ezekiel chapter 16 fullness of bread pride fullness of bread and abundance of idleness that's exactly what happened during the lockdown okay abundance of idleness so what were people doing they don't know which program to watch netflix or prime video what are, what all do we have over youtube <clears throat> which to watch let me tell you when we were growing up no to watch a movie you have to go to the theater and one good movies used to come once in a blue moon <laughs> now you can watch movies from 98 from uh, talkies movies 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 you know on my movies from that time onwards till recently on on your computer everything is available abundance of it so we think that the 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 the, the sin of sodom is uh, sexual immorality no the what caused sexual immorality right fullness of bread and abundance of idleness and the third thing is says he did not strengthen the hand of those who are needy he did not strengthen the hand of those who are needy that is the iniquity of sodom fullness of bread abundance of idleness okay so so you, you need to say lord i have food to eat of which you do not know you know this is what happens no a lot of people when they are really engrossed in their studies especially yeah there is a very rarely it happens of course okay when they are engrossed are you come come to eat lunch no 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 let me finish this or if they are engrossed in reading a book huh Oh no, no let me finish this page let me finish this chapter and then i will come why what has happened what is satisfying your soul no not food no you're not looking for food this one i'm not hungry okay i'm playing 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 those days when we were kids no till evening we used to play i'm not hungry i'm not hungry i'm not playing playing and then when you come back home you just gobble up the whole dining table why okay not that you are not hungry something else was satisfying your hunger what was that <laughs> your will playing cricket say 
He says, Rabbi, eat. He says, I have food to eat of which you do not know of. And look at verse 33 and 34. Therefore, the disciples said to him, one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? <laughs> you know, they can only think of physical food, no? All the time, no? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to... See, what is this food? Two things. To do the will and to finish. Brendu. Yeah, not partial. So think about it. Now, how many of you like to eat a half-eaten apple? Only Eve did. Sorry, Adam did. Not an apple, something else. Okay. Not many people like to know half eaten apple. Even the other day, we were uh, we were uh, plucking the sapotas in our in our garden. Okay, one was nicely eaten by the squirrel. What do we do? Throw it. Throw it. You have to find the will of God and to finish. And then he says, "That is my food." So let me tell you, what does finishing means? Completing it. Then only you will get. Strength. See, it's like, you know, it's like going from, going from class one to class two to class three. You, whatever the syllabus for class one, you complete it. You do it and complete. Then you will have strength to understand class two. And so on. Every level. Oh, there's, you know, for every level, there's a devil. Okay. So for every level, you have to find the will of God for that particular level and to finish it. A lot of people start, but they don't finish. Find the will of God and to finish the will of God. He says, that is my food. Why are many, many Christians not strong? Because they either, if they have found the will of God, they only partially filled it, finished it and therefore they don't have strength. Or they have not found the will of God at all. They ask them, what is the will of God? They'll, they'll show you how to do the will of God. I thought it is not by works we are saved. No, yeah, true. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. What the Father has prepared for us that we should Walk in them. Understand that? Okay. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 verses 12 and 13. Look at this principle. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And then what happens next verse? For it is God who, what? Works in you to will and to obey. So even as you work out your salvation, what will God do? He works in you. He, the word for work is energize. Energizes you to do both His will and to, for His good pleasure. Okay? Then, you have to have, therefore, have patience to finish the will of God. Okay? Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 onwards. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which is a great reward. And verse 36, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, that you may receive your promise. So what do you need? Patience and endurance. Until you finish your task. And So the only way to have endurance is to endure. Okay, simple. And the only way to have patience is to be patient. Okay, that is the reason why when some people get sick, what do they call them? Patients. Why? Baba, it is not as easy to heal your disease. You cannot quickly heal your disease. Very quickly you can get sick. 
after after you get sick very slowly it will go okay the disease will go very slowly no that is, that is the reason why when people want to, when they come to christianity also they want all their struggles to be finished in one day you know what god says little by little i will drive them out okay and then little by little even as i drive them out then you will first of all know the will of god progressively and one day you will fulfill all the will of god okay so that was uh, 36 uh, verse 37 for yet a little while and he who is coming will will come and will not tarry in verse 38 for uh, verse 38 now the just shall live by faith but if anyone anyone draws back my soul soul will not have any pleasure in him there is no drop in christianity i have to finish all that god wanted me to finish on the side of eternity that should be my my aim and my goal so how do i live the rest of my life is a question okay simple no after i bo- i'm born again today by the way today is the first day of the rest of my life everybody say that today is the first day of the rest of my life okay and tomorrow when you wake up today is the first day for the rest of my life and what is the rest of my life i don't know i don't know do you know nobody knows today is the first day of the rest of my life today is the first day of my rest of my life so how do we live the rest of my life let's turn to first peter chapter 4 i'll give you four principles as to how you will live the rest of your life okay rest of your time first let us let us go to first peter chapter 4 let us read from verse 1 onwards first peter chapter 4 therefore since christ suffered for us in the flesh arm yourselves also with the same mind for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that you should no longer live the rest of the time for the flesh in the flesh for the lust of men but for the will of god okay so i have to spend the rest of my time to do the will of god so how do i do it first thing have a radical attitude towards sin radical what is um, you know one man of god calls calls it a militant attitude towards sin because you are using the word called arm arm and what should you arm with a mindset if you can put it in esv this was one in the esv <clears throat> first esv okay look at what it says since therefore christ suffered in the flesh arm yourselves with the same way of what thinking do you see that for who has whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so let me tell you so what is the biggest hindrance to doing the will of god is there right there inside of me and he is called what the flesh and what does he love his will okay even if he wants to do, do the things of god he wants to do his way a lot of people they want to do the will of god they want to do nice things for they don't want to do great things for god but they don't ask whether they was they are supposed to do that or not okay they want to accomplish the things of god their way look at what it says in galatians chapter 3 verse 1 and 2 galatians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 oh foolish galatians who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes jesus christ was clearly portrayed as crucified this only i want to learn from you did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by hearing of faith answer by the hearing of faith therefore was three are you so foolish having begun in the spirit are you being made perfect in the flesh no 
So let me tell you something. In order to do the will of God, my greatest hindrance is my flesh. And it is not just not the uh, evil part of my flesh. Because in my flesh, there is both what? Good and evil. Okay, Want to do great things. I want to do. This is not what, what I want to do. Lord, what you want to do. That is the reason why we ought to, this flesh has to be crucified every day. Okay? So the greatest hindrance to fulfilling God's will in my life is the flesh. And what does flesh like the most? It likes the approval of men. What does it like? The approval of men. Look at, let's go back to 1st Peter chapter 4 again. And let's, let's read from verse 4. Hmm? 4 and 5, yeah? In regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run from, run with them in the same flood of dissipation speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Verse 6. For this reason the gospel was preached also to those who are dead. That they might be judged according to, that they might, uh, that they may be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. That means what? Very important. One principle here to need, you need to understand. Once we are born again, we do not seek. Why? We have been justified by faith, not by works. We never sought the approval of men. Okay, one of the things that we say, Lord, I do not seek the approval of men, but the approval of God. If I seek the approval of men, I am not what? A servant of Christ. He likes the approval of men. His enmity, there's a mindset of the spirit, I mean, of, the, of the flesh. Let's turn to again, Romans chapter 8 verse 5. Romans chapter 8 verse 5, you know this, know this verse very well, right? For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Okay? But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Okay? And the next verse 4, verse, verse 6. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So very, very simple. How do I know that I have a carnal mind or a spiritual mind? Measure peace and life in my life. Yeah. But be anxious for nothing, but in all things what? With prayer and supplications, let your requests be made known unto God. And the Peace of God which surpasses all understanding with what will, what will it, what will it do? It will guard your heights, guard your hearts. And it says, let the peace of God what? Rule in your heart. Okay. You know what the word for rule is? Empire. Have you seen empire in cricket? LBW. How is that? Then you will say whether it is out or not. So any, every time you make a decision, we'll ask God, Lord, how is that? That's the word for, let the peace of God guard your heart, guard your hearts and the, let the peace of God rule. What the word for rule is very important. Empire. Who should be empire in your life? Peace of God. Okay. Otherwise, if he is clean bold, and nowadays, you know, you have LBW, you have got DRS. I don't think any of you are cricket lovers over here. John is looking at me as if I'm speaking a strange language because he's a football, you're a football soccer guy, right? He don't have any idea what this cricket is all about. And then we, of course, we have two African brothers who have no idea. They only know baseball. In, in, in nowadays we have what is called as a DRS. Okay. So we have review left, right and center to ascertain whether a guy is really out or not. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Review system. Okay. Review system, DRS, they want to know exactly whether, so what is that? Let the peace of God be your empire. Let the peace of God be your 
empire whether he will say this is right and this is not right that means this is according to rules and this is not according to, and there's only one rule and there's only one law in the kingdom that is called the law of what law of love nothing else love is a fulfillment of the law okay so life and peace and then verse 7 because the carnal mind is enmity against god for it is not subject to the law of god and indeed it cannot and therefore verse 8, therefore those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But what about you? If you are truly born again, what about you? You are not in the flesh but in the spirit if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if, you, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And verse 10, if Christ is in you. Okay, let, let's, let's look at verse uh, 12, therefore. Verse 12. Let's dwell in love. Therefore, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you by the Spirit put it at the deeds of the body, you will live. That means what? Every day, there's one fellow who's fighting the will of God in my life. What is that fellow? That's the flesh. That fellow has to be put to death every day. Yeah? Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. To 18. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 to 18. I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. How do we do that? For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary one to another. They are totally poles apart so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not. And we have looked at it in so, so many contexts. So what is the one thing that we need to seek God for? Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit so that I will have the power to put to death the deeds of the body. Why? It is through the spirit which is there inside of us. My model body is quickened to put to death the deeds of the body. Okay? Second, Colossians chapter 3 and verses 1 and 2. And can you, can you have it in NIV please? Hmm? NIV, yeah. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts. First thing, what is that? Set your hearts. Where uh, uh, Things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And verse 2, set your minds. Two things are, are, are mentioned over here. Minds and hearts. Why is mind and heart mentioned? Is, is important. What is, why is mind mentioned? Why is heart mentioned? We will know it. Very simple, very, very simple truth. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 31 and I'll show you why mind and heart is mentioned. And let's read from verse 31 onwards. Jeremiah chapter 31 and let's, let's read from verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, where I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with those of the house of Judah. What is that covenant? Let's read on. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand of, uh, by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make. I will put my law in their minds. And I will write them on the hearts. So what, what, what does it, what does Colossians say? If you have been raised with Christ Jesus, set your hearts and set your minds. How does it, how did that happen? God through the Spirit is writing His law, not in our, not externally, but deep down inside of our heart, in our minds, and in our hearts. And how, how does it happen? Romans chapter 1. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Okay? Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brothers, 
by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world. Okay, let me tell you something. The way of understanding spiritual truths is through repetition. What is it? Repetition. Okay. It is through repetition over and over and over again. You know how uh, software companies know your next search? Repetition. You've been repeatedly going through the same site over and over again, so it will pop out. Repetition. So when we are, when we are looking at all these verses and we say, don't say, you know what, why am I, why am I going through this over and over again? Because it's a repetition. What is the process involved? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. The word for transform is metamorphosis. From where to where? From a dirty caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly. There should be a total transformation that has to happen. In Christ Jesus, God looks, looks, looks at us as what? As complete. As accepted. But you know what? There's a process that we have to go through. Okay. Slowly God has to transform. He has to change our inside out. Okay. You know, in, 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 uh, in Telugu, the word is rupantaram. Antaram means inside. It has to be from the inside out. Com- complete transformation from deep down inside of our heart. Therefore, a transformation by the renew. How does that transformation happen? By the renewing of your mind. As I said, it is not the removal of the mind, but it is a renewing of the mind. So, how does what what happens even as your mind is being renewed? That you will prove that which is good, that which is acceptable, and that which is perfect. Every day. And how does it happen? Every day, the one thing that we need to do. Turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter one. Second Corinthians, sorry, Second Corinthians chapter. 3, 2nd Corinthians, chapter 3. Okay, verse 50, 52, 15 onwards, sorry, not 52, verse 15 onwards. Yeah, look at this. But even this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed or taken away. Now the Lord is a spirit and where the Lord of the, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with what? Unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of God, are being what? Transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Again, it's by the spirit. It is a working of the spirit deep down, deep down inside of our heart. Okay. So transformation, the way we change the attitudes of our mind, Okay, every day the attitude of my mind has to be has to be has to has to change, and what what should be those attitudes? One attitude, have this mind which is also in Christ Jesus. What is the mind that He had? Arm yourselves with the same mind for those who have suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That means what? Say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. No to the flesh and yes to the spirit every day, every day. So let us look at one example as to how this should be done. Okay, let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 35. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. And let's read read from verses 1 onwards, okay? 
the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Go to the house of the Rechabites, speak to them and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers and give them wine to drink. Then I took Jezaniah, the son of Jeremiah, the son of, Haz, the son of Habzaniah, his brothers, and all his sons, the whole house of Rechabites. Now, by the way, Rechabite did not just have physical descendants, he also had spiritual descendants, okay? Those, Rechab or Jonadab was a spiritual father. Okay, let's move on. And I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the sons of Igdaliah, a man of God, which was by the chamber of the princess, about the chamber of Maseah, the son of Shalom, the keeper of the door. So, Completely in the secret chamber they brought him. Then I said before the sons of ho- sons of the house of the Rechabites, bowls full of wine and cups. And I said to them, drink wine. <laughs> I mean, I just, uh, every time I read this passage, I just want to imagine this, no? Jeremiah, the most holy man in, in, uh, in Judah, he's the most holy, okay? And maybe there was another guy maybe uh, during this time, maybe one contemporary, but I'm not sure exactly. That guy was, uh, was, was, uh, martyred. Now he runs away to, Egypt and his martyrs. Okay. But they said, we will drink no wine. Why? For Jonadam, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us saying, you shall drink no wine, you nor your sons, forever. Now, this is remarkable, isn't it? The Rechabites obeyed somebody. Who is that person? A father. Who is that father? Was he a perfect father? No. A fallible father. You know what Jesus, uh, what what uh, what uh, God says through Malachi? He says, "The son honors his father. If I am your son, where is my honor? If I am your son, where is my honor?" And he says in Isaiah, "The ox knows its master, and a donkey its master's crib, but my children do not know me. They don't know me." A fallible father. They received command once from their leader. Only once. How many times did they command? Only once. And how many times did God does? If you turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 35. Verse 14 onwards. The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, which he commanded his sons not to drink one, are performed. For to this day they drink None. And they obey the father's command. But although I have spoken to you, how? Rising early and speaking, you did not obey me. Every day. And how do, how does he send prophets? Rising early and send them. So let us say, let us, let me tell you something. So when does God speak? <laughs> Rising early. You see, these are all principles. And when do genuine prophets of God wake up? Early. When do genuine children of God wake up? Early. Early in the morning, 7.30? No. That is not early. 6.30 also is not early in the morning. If you're in summer, you know by the what, by what time the sun is out? Uh, 5.45? That means you're not waking up. <laughs> Who said 5.45, Baba? 4.30, the dusk is gone. It's dusk. By 4.30. Rising early and speaking, you did not obey me every day. You see, so a lot of people say, you know, there's so much of repetition. Okay, let me tell you something. You listen to, you read through Jeremiah, you see how many times the same message is repeated. 
Chapter 1, one message. Chapter 2, same message. Chapter 3, same message. Chapter 4, same message. And it says, it says about those in Greece, you know, what the, the people in Agrippus, they want to listen to something new every day. And they give themselves to nothing but to listen to something new. What have you done, done with the old things? Ah, it is there in our uh, in our repertoire. Okay, it's not knowledge to be had; it is knowledge to be obeyed. Same thing. He says every day I send my prophets daily rising early. I mean that's exactly what happened during the lockdown. I remember no? 50 days every day morning and evening in our church. 50 days. At least 60 days. And then after that we change the schedule. What did they re- they, they, they obey, they obeyed earthly things and what is God asking us to obey? Eternal things. If you turn with me again to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, right? Yeah. 16, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed. Verse, verse 18. While we not look at the things which are seen, but by, by looking at the things which are unseen. The things which are seen are temporary, and the things which are unseen are what? Eternal. So why is reputation being Maintained every day so that your eyes will be focused on the things which are eternal and things not the things which are temporary. Okay? So first Peter chapter four. Have a radical mindset to overcome sin. Have a radical mindset to overcome sin. A mindset which will overcome sin. First Peter chapter four was uh, one and two. Hmm? Have arm yourselves with the same mind. And what is, what, what should you arm yourself with the same method of teach, of thinking? Why? Because there are so many ideas in this world. The weapons of our warfare are what not? Are what? Not carnal, but mighty in God through the pulling down of strongholds. There'll be so many thought processes and ideas and justifications as to why you should do a particular thing in the flesh. And God says, you know what? Remove it. Why? Look at what it says. Next verse, verse 2. That you no longer should live the rest of your time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. And then verse 3. For, why? We have spent enough time in the past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lewdness, in lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, abominable idolatries. And then what happens? In regard to these, they think strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation. The word for dissipation is actually means wastage. So you, you might say, you know what, I don't do all these things, but how do you waste your time? How does time just get out of from your system? By the time you finish your day, can you give an account as to how you spend your time? How much of the time has really, really been profitable for the kingdom of God? How much of the time has been spent in knowing God? You know, when people study for civil services, they say, you know what, every day I have to read it, study for at least six hours, minimum. And sometimes I get bored, I don't want to do it. And you know what they say, I have to tell my system to do it. Because one of the toughest exams is in India, the civil services exam. There are only 3,000 people will be called for interview, out of which only 1,000 will be selected. And how many people appear for the exam? 
close to 12 lakhs, at least 15 to 12 lakhs in a year. And if they don't study for even three, four hours, you know what they say? If I don't study for one hour, somebody else will go ahead of me. <laughs> somebody else will go ahead. That is how their mindset is. Somebody else is going ahead of me. That one hour, if they don't study. So every day, even if it is boring, they study. The same thing over and over again. If in India, see people abroad, they have incredible pleasure. And what is that? What do you call? They have a lot of opportunities to go for different, different universities. In India, the competition is very high. What is the population of India? 1.3 billion people. How many seats? 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 seats. You can imagine the competition. At the same level, you will have at least 100, 200 people in the same rank who do deserve the same rank. When we wrote MSAT exam those days, 0.25 marks used to jump our ranks by almost like 300, 400. 0.25. So we used to die for even 0.25 marks. That is the way... (laughs) People used to study for an entrance exam on earth. <laughs> okay. It's, it's agony. That is the reason why he says, those people who strive for mastery, they strive for an earthly crown, which is what? Perishable. How much more we for an imperishable crown? You should see how people get so frustrated, no, when they, when they waste time. I remember one of my cousins. He used to time his carom board also. He was preparing for his entrance exam. He used to come. He used to sit on the carom board table. He used to have a timer. He start playing carom board even if it's the middle of the game. If the time is up, he used to get up and go. Hey, game is not over. Thank you. I'm going. Sister is laughing because she has one person in her own family who is going through this. Yeah, it's true. And I I don't blame them. It is a fact. It's a fact. You have to. Let me tell you something. Do you think that uh, just by uh, getting up one day in the morning and going and writing IDJ exam, you'll get through? There is an agony which one has to go through. It's a grind. It doesn't happen in a day. It is over a period of time. That is the reason that Paul says, do you look at these fellows, Greek fellows, how they are striving for mastery and for an imperishable, for a perishable crown, how much more you and I. So what is causing dissipation in your life? Get rid of it. Have a radical mindset to overcome sin. You have deadlines by, okay, Lord, at least by, by this, this time I should finish this and I, I should, I should overcome. I should have, do you have deadlines like that? Oh, you're studying so much. Nobody said you're you're studying. Nobody says you're enjoying so much. Nobody says that. Oh, you're enjoying so much. Nobody says that. Studying so much, everybody says. So much of Bible study, why? Nobody complains. So much of entertainment, why? Has anybody complained? No. You see, these are important things. Do I? I? I really, really appreciate those people who do it. Because I understand what the pain is. But you know what? As much as they are for a physical pleasure or a physical goal that they have in their lives, how much more you and I for an imperishable gift? First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 25. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 25. 
And everyone who competes for the prize is what? Is temperate in all things. Okay. In Telugu, it's mithi gaundaranta. Mithi. Ante, he's very, very self-control. He knows how much to eat also. If I eat too much, I will sleep. I don't want to eat too much. You know that? Even during uh, studies, they don't eat too much. They, their diet is also controlled. Apparently, uh, the, the guy who cha- challenged Magnus Carlsen for the previous world championship, his name is uh, Fabiano Caruana. Okay. He was the one who challenged Magnus Carlsen for the world championship. He was one of the, they call him the chess calculator. He's like the guy who calculates moves with like crazy. He's called a machine. Magnus Carlsen himself calls him a computer, literally. You know what his regime was before he's, he, he went for the world championship match? Not just learning chess moves. It was a total physical regime. Fitness levels were at very at, at a different level altogether. What was his diet? He controlled his diet also. What to eat, not to eat. What not to eat. Now, one of the things that we observe even when we come to our school, even, you know, even in our own school, right? What you eat in the morning will, de- will determine the performance of the student through the day. You know that? If you eat nice rice in the morning and come to school, you'll sleep. Okay. Nice sugar and everything you give in the morning, by the time they come to school, that, that sugar will have its, its extra effect. That fellow will not be able to sit in one place. And concentrate. Say, arm yourselves with the same mind. Whatever is waste, cut it off. Diet is so important. Hmm? These are all directly, intricately connected. Food for the belly, <laughs> belly for the food, God will destroy. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both is gone. And then he says, now they do it for a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable. Then go on, verse 26. Now therefore I run, not with uncertainty. And what do I do? I want to obtain the prize. Does I fight not as one who beats the air? That means every punch has to count. But I discipline my body and I bring it to subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should not become what? Disqualified. I can become disqualified by running somebody else's race. Everybody is running their own race. We are not in competition. Thankfully, in the kingdom of God, there is no competition. Everybody is competing himself. I tell you, if you are able to do the best that you can every day, you will have a satisfied sleep that day. Okay, so discipline is important. So arm yourself. Let's go back to First Peter chapter 4 now. Then, verse 6 now. Next, verse 6. Take away always, verse 6. Sorry, verse 6. For, for, uh, yeah, verse 7, sorry, verse 7, verse 7, verse 7, sorry. But the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. So how should you spend the rest of the time? Be serious and be watchful in your prayers. Why? Because End of all things is near. <laughs> be serious and be watchful. That means don't play. This is not a time to play games with your life. The next one, verse 8. And above all, 
things have fervent love. What is that love? What kind of love? Fervent love. You know what the, the, the word for fervent is, fervency is? Again, it's, a, it's an athletic term. You know, so much of uh, apostle, Peter's and apostle Paul's letters are, you know, with, uh, connected with athletics. Have you seen a horse? Okay. Uh, a, a, a horse which is competing in a race. When it's coming to the, to the finish line, how does a horse move? It's like this. It's, it's like literally stretching itself so that it can come first. Essentially off. Now I've seen one hurdles, ma- hurdles, uh, uh, not a match, a competition. I think it was a world hurdles competition. It's 110 meters hurdles, not 100 meters dash, 110 meter hurdles. The fellow jumped, 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 jumped. Very closely there was a second guy come following him. You know what he did in the last, last stretch? He just jumped. He flew so that he could jump, <laughs> fly and cross the finish line and get the gold medal. And by an inch, he won the gold medal. Okay. By, by an inch, that means with all that he had, he jumped and he got the gold medal. And you know, that, that is the kind of love you should have for one another. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? I have to inch to have love for my brothers. Have fervent love. One for up. Passionate, burning love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins. And how do you do it? Be hospitable to hospitable to one another without grumbling about. Oh, no, 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 no. And some people, you know, it's okay. Some people bring happiness wherever they go. Some people bring happiness when, happiness whenever they go. Okay. But that is okay. But we have to show love for everybody. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Why? Then verse, verse 8. Everybody has been given. Verse 10, sorry. Verse 10. Everybody has been given a gift. Everybody has been given a gift. So what should you do? Use it to serve one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So the two gifts are, are, are mentioned over here. Two very important gifts in the body of Christ. What is that? Verse 11. First thing, if anyone speaks, let him speak, speak as the oracle of God. And if anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability that God provides so that in all things God may be glorified. So two things. He says, if you are a speaker, you should speak as the oracle of God. And the other person, if you are showing hospitality, everything that you should do, Lord, give me the strength so that in all things, who gets the glory? God gets the glory. Okay. God is glorified. Church is edified. Satan is terrified. That is how you live the rest of the time. Not for your own passions, but for the will of God. So today is the first day of the rest of the day. And tomorrow will be the first day for the rest of the day, if tomorrow is guaranteed. But sufficient are the worries for today. Have a today mindset, my dear brothers, because grace is given for today, today, today. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God about our past. And have access into the grace upon which we stand now. And therefore in the future we have what? Hope of the glory of God. In the future. So, what should we have there for, for today? Lord, grant me grace so that I will fulfill the will of God for today. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
So there's only one way into the kingdom of heaven. What is that way? Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who, which is in heaven. Therefore, one of the things which accompanies salvation is to know the will of God and to do the will of God. Amen. So today's title is, Thy will be done. <laughs> okay, let's pray. <laughs> father, we just want to thank you, Lord. We want to praise you. Father, we are in the last of the last days. And there's no time to play games with our spirit and with our eternity. Lord, grant us grace not to leave anything for chance. Grant us grace, O oh Lord. We need endurance, O oh Lord. Because you said, after we have done the will of God, we will inherit the promise. Yes, Lord, the, all the promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But those who are in Christ will not live for themselves, but they will live for the glory of God and for the will of God. And those people who are in the will of God and who are in the presence of God, for them there will be no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And therefore I pray Lord Jesus let each and every one of us strive to know the will of God and to do the will of God. You have begotten us by your will to do your will. There is no other way to heaven, O Lord. It is only he who does the will of the Father, who is, which is in heaven. And therefore, all those who are genuinely born of God, will do the will of God. And therefore, I pray for all of us, O Lord, even as we are living in real dark times, you have given us opportunities, Lord, in your mercy, you have afforded us this privilege to be able to come together, O Lord, and to understand your ways and to know your truth. I pray, Lord Jesus, these times of grace that you have given to us will not go in vain. That we will truly, Lord, work out our salvation with fear and trembling, knowing it is God who works in us to do and to will his good pleasure. To that end, I pray that you would bless each and every one of us, that there will be fervency in our spirit and in our souls and in our minds, O oh Lord, to know the will of God and to do the will of God for our lives. Bless us and anoint us to that and we pray. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.